Oh no. <laughs> Melrosians the world over. I'm Tom Catalini. I'm Sam Hammer. I'm Tom Shampoo. <laughs> and I'm Jen LeClaire. And this is Let's Talk Melrose, Melrose. It's a show where Melrosians talk to Melrosians about Melrose and who looks sexier shuffling out than. Right, the, the, the man who lives inside a Christmas card, uh, the man who represents the weather and all things uh, can't see me back. Desirable, there, yeah. he's off in the distance. Uh, yeah, standing back, sipping my cocoa. Yes. I said, when my I mulled got, wine. When I got that, I did zoom in to, to see, see yes. what his face was doing. <laughs> what was my face doing? You were very pleased to have your portrait taken. That I, I was that... walking around in the store, so I so I, doing one of these work from home things, and yep. you know, every uh, twenty four hours or so, I try and go out and get some fresh air. So I was doing some <laughs> shoveling and cleaning up out front. That's all I did, and then I was like, you know, I'm going to take a walk around the block, and it was a beautiful scene yeah. in Melrose. And I look up and I see this gorgeously decorated house with the fresh snowfall. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how this scene can get more beautiful. And then emerging from the front door <laughs> is Tom Shampoo. And I'm like, okay, we're at the next level. <laughs> there you go. It's as easy as that, right? It is. It is a hallmark. I think you should, if that doesn't arrive in my mailbox next year for, for Christmas right. for a holiday card. <laughs> I, I, want, I want, I want, I want two cards. I want two cards from the shampoo. One, the family, the thing you did this year, which was nice, and then a separate one that's just, just you. Just that one. Yeah. I have to have you know more than just one picture of me. It has to be a whole bunch of pictures of me throughout Could the be year. A collage. Twelve, 12 yeah. Toms. Oh, the four, four seasons. Wow. Now you're talking calendar. Twelve right. toms. Yeah. Oh, we still have those pictures, actually. They're going to resurrect well, the the men of Melrose calendar. Oh yeah, we should, we should put one together. But, but, but those can men make, only live in, in the neighborhood. We could make dozens of dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Uh, that's the one where uh, Snapfish called you up and said, "Yeah, we don't do that. Uh, <laughs> some things we some things we don't." Uh, did you read the uh, the terms and conditions when you clicked? <laughs> Call, please don't call us back again. So later on, uh, later on in the show, we're gonna have the folks from the Melrose Ed Foundation. We'll run that by them to see uh, yeah. if they're looking to see if they're looking for uh, new fundraiser ideas. Oh, they already have their first customer. Yes. Look at that. Oh my goodness! All right, Did everybody, so I'm anxious, uh, first customer. To, uh, I'm anxious to talk to uh, Jess and Lori from the from the Melrose Ed Foundation. They're gonna be with us a little bit later, so we should yeah. let's get into the news. Yes. Here we are. Well, if you did not see, uh, shovels were in the ground last week. Construction has begun on the library renovation. Um, this will be uh, sort of two parts, I believe. One is the um, preserving the historic front facade of the original building, which is 1910 or somewhere in that range. It's a Carnegie Mellon. Yeah. design i think or some such thing um 
but also removing and replacing the addition that was built in the early 60s, I believe. Um, so this is the uh, renovation that the library grant, uh, the state grant came through for about $8.1 million. Uh, and then the library commissioners uh, from Melrose also added $2.2 million to that. And then um, the city is going to be putting a bond together for 10.8, and the total budget was $21 million. Uh, and then COVID hit. So that meant uh, some changes to uh, supply chains and different kinds of issues. So the budget or the the uh, estimated costs are scheduled to or, or uh, expected to go up by 10, 12 percent so far. It might go more than that. We'll see. But right now, um, the initial estimates are 12 percent higher than the original 21 million dollar budget. But they are started. And it's very exciting to see um, all the dignitaries were there. And uh, the ground is um, being removed and renovations wow. will begin. So estimated completion. Sorry? They're really expecting to complete this by spring 2024. So it's like a that's, year and a little bit. Yeah. A year and a half. Yeah, that's, that's what people say. You know, I always feel like it's uh, it's always longer than they say. And, oh, never. Is. I, heard, never. I heard it was always about an 18-month project, which I agree is that that sounds that sounds pretty speedy. So if it's, you know, if it's even anywhere so, around, you know, anywhere under two years, I think that would be pretty impressive. So I'm here's, here's the judge that I always use, the, uh, the gauge, I should say, that I always use. The Empire State Building broke ground and then opened 88 stories, opened 14 months later. Yeah, what? that's how we do it. That's how it should be. Hey, the, the Empire State Building it. was about 14, 15 months, and it was open. That's so, yeah, back in the it. day. Back in the 30s. People were dying at work. It was, that's yeah, a, it was crazy. That's a good tri that would be a good trivia fact for to a, a trivia question. How, how long did it take? I would never, According I would to Tom Shampoo. I, I would never guess that. Yeah. I, I think it I think in the spring we're doing a, a live show from the Melrose yes. Public Library the, on the refund Wi-Fi. Yeah, from the, no, from the eighty-sixth floor. <laughs> from the eighty-sixth floor, <laughs> right. Speaking right. of eighty-sixth yeah. floor, um, the our public safety buildings um, are coming up for discussion. Uh, they were in the news a few weeks ago. Uh, there was a um, a whistleblower spotlight that came out on one of our firehouses, um, but. Yeah. Um, I hear that MMTV has some pretty compelling videos on their YouTube channel where you can see more at, of the conditions of these buildings. So I'll put that in our chat. Um, yeah. And then also there's a lot of information on the new, the Public Safety Building Committee's uh, website that they launched. Um, all right, let's hope that works. If not, I, there you go. Yeah, I, I, I would encourage everyone to check out those MMTV videos. There are tours of the buildings by um, our public safety um, leadership themselves. Um, it's pretty simple. It's pretty straightforward. It's like a it's like a walkthrough of someone's house. And it's I mean, you know, I'd read the articles, right? I, I read that. I, I, I don't know that I fully watched the the NBC thing that that aired, but but I've you know read articles. I've heard what the, what the city um, has put out in statements and stuff, but watching the the walkthrough of that, it, it's really quite compelling. It's really, um, it's no joke how uh, the the state of disrepair that those buildings are in. It was way more than I um, could envision in just kind of reading about it. It's it was pretty. It's pretty shocking, actually. So I think everyone would agree with that. I mean, nobody says things are fine. You know, I yeah, think it is yeah. definitely definitely a wide agreement on that point. 
Yeah. And I, right. And I say that not to be critical. I say that as like, you know, it, there, there's, you know, there's clearly a need. I know it's not an easy um, solution. I know we have to kind of figure out how to fund all this stuff, but um, it's, um, it's, you know, it's not sensational. It's, um, it, it's real. And, you know, we, we gotta, we gotta figure out how to fund these projects. So. Yeah. Agreed. Well, um, speaking of creative funding ideas, what <laughs> if you could take, Jen, what yeah. if you could take some of the gifts I've given you that you don't particularly like and haven't <laughs> used yet, that are probably lying around the house, yeah. and what if you could turn that into money to benefit the bridge in Melrose? <gasps> oh, that's Shit. priceless. Excuse me. Priceless. Excuse me. Uh, so the bridge... <laughs> Yes, that's got it. What is, why do you have that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Disembodied hand. <laughs> yes, go on. Okay, so the bridge, we all know the bridge, right? A school community partnership in Melrose, uh, volunteers in the school system, uh, right? They're doing their annual trivia bee and they need funds, right? Mm -hmm. So they have a, a, they have a, let me see, what's it called? A bridge bin is located on 177 Bellevue Avenue. And what you do is you take your stuff that I've given you, Jen, mm -hmm. that you don't like, and you put it in this bin. Then they will take it and make gift baskets and raffle prizes out of it for the Trivia Bee and the events that they run. So so it's like a reduce, reuse, uh, recycle uh, type of fundraiser. I love this idea, actually. I do want to clarify, though, that I think they are looking for, you know, new, like, you know, new, <laughs> shiny and new uh, objects. And yeah, I've right. Or, or gently or, or unused objects. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like the Tom Kelly coffee mug he may, he may have so, given you. So what <laughs> they're asking you literally is to hunt through your home for those new items that weren't quite right for one reason or another. Uh, maybe you missed the return window of an online purchase and now the item sits in the back of your closet. Maybe you received a present and loved the thought, but not so much the gift. So one person's basket. crappy gift could be somebody else's gift basket. Absolutely. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Cherished forever. Absolutely. Anyway, so that's, I thought that was creative. So the, uh, uh, the, the, Bin, the bin will be at 177 uh, Bellevue uh, ongoing. I don't know, till until further notice uh, between now and march 4th that's what it is <laughs> until further notice or march 4th whichever comes first, whichever comes first. <laughs> all right do you have anything i'm trying to think if i if i have anything um i'm sure everybody has something around the house that they could probably i found something precious don't even wow priceless oh my goodness what are you crazy that is priceless. Mine's on the mantle right there. Yeah, me too. Oh. Right behind me. Right Mine's downstairs. Oh, Mine's this downstairs is, where I see it more different. often. This is from the, the Lincoln um Oh, you have more shop. than one of those things? <laughs> mine <laughs> is, oh, you have more? I don't know. Mine is from our that's award. The, yeah. yeah. That's, uh, mine is from this show, from the award right. we won we together. Won. And right. uh, it's in, were, it's prominently featured in every work from home Zoom call I ever had. <laughs> I can see the uh, LTMM were the champions at Family Feud, first mm -hmm. ever Family Feud at the Memorial Hall some couple of years ago, I guess. Three minutes? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, that was so fun. That has to come back. It does. Yes. yes. Right. They've moved on. Their, their, new, uh, uh, their new fundraiser is uh, the Left Right Center game. Which is fun and a this is actually this is a, a fun game. 
yeah. it's a lighter lift for them, I'm sure. But Family Feud was really fun. Yes. Yeah. Uh, left, right, center is a fun game. I don't know if yeah. you guys have ever played that. I have played that. It is fun. It's not the okay. Uh, are we are we moving on? Is that it for the news? Let's. We I think, I think it is. Here. Let's move yeah. on to the guests. Yay. Okay. <laughs> hey. Uh, welcome, Jess Dugan and Lori Huff. Um, Jess is with the Melrose Ed Foundation, and Lori is accompanying her tonight uh, to talk about an upcoming event that they put together that I'm super pumped about. It's um, Conversations with Brendan Kiley coming up on February 8th at 7 p.m. at the Melrose High School. I'll put the um, Google Doc for tickets. But um, just why don't you kick us off and tell us a little bit more about what this is, how did this even happen? What is, what's going on? Sure, so I don't know um, if people, if a lot of people even know who Brendan Kiley is. Um, he is a fantastic young adult author um, he is uh, living in New York City now, but he grew up in Melrose in the Horseman neighborhood, um, went to high school at St. John's, um, and then off went off and became um, a wonderful writer. And he has teamed up, um, I think, uh, people, a lot of people um, in Melrose tuned into his book that he wrote with Jason Reynolds. Um, it was on the list for summer reading for middle school and high school kids um, over the last couple summers. Um, and that's what got our attention at the Ed Foundation. So we run a Parent You series of workshops uh, meant to engage our community in um, opportunities to learn together to talk about education and to, to um, engage as a learning community. And uh, we were so excited about this book and Brendan's connection to Melrose. We decided to uh, bring him in and get him connected, um, connected, reconnected with Melrose. So he's coming on February 8th to spend the day. Um, what are what are some of the things he's gonna be doing? Because he'll be here all day. I'm only going to the evening. So what what is he gonna do yeah. throughout the day? So he'll come in in the morning. Um, uh, it's super cute. His parents live on the North Shore, so he's gonna come in from New York City, and he actually has to borrow his mom's car <laughs> to come to come down to Melrose, give, giving his secrets away. Um, but he's gonna come and spend the day at the middle school and the high school. So he'll kick off a day the day with an assembly. Um, in the auditorium at the middle school. And then he'll um, meet with small groups of kids, some focused on um, English language arts and writing and um, fiction, some focused on social justice. A lot of his work revolves around um, using fiction to talk about social justice topics. So he'll do that throughout the day. He'll meet with um, our teachers uh, at the end of the school day to talk about how educators are able to kind of use um, fiction and literacy as a jumping off point to talk about current events and things happening um, all around us. Um, I'm excited he'll be able to share, he's been, he's been traveling across the country talking with educators um, about his work and about how his book can be used in, in classrooms. Um, so he'll share, he'll just share some of the common uh, themes that he's seen across the country. And then after a short break in the afternoon, he'll join the rest of us for a book talk and a uh, book signing later on. Awesome. Um, Full day. I'm kidding. Wow. I know so, you got it. You got to all come to this. I'm so, so, so what's the, what's the evening program? That's the book talk. Yeah, that's the book talk. So, um, He'll mostly probably talk about two his his two most recent books, and I know this is what Lori um, talked with him about. She actually um, interviewed him and is uh, going to share a little bit of his story. 
hopefully with us now and also um, in an article in the paper later this week. But he, uh, All American Boys is the book he wrote with Jason Reynolds. It's about, uh, I'm going to let Lori tell this part. Um, and then he wrote his most recent book is called The Other Talk. Yep. So I know, Lori, you learned a lot about that when you when you talked about with him. Yeah, I did. Uh, thanks for having me. I should start out by saying that. Um, yeah, uh, we, we talked at the beginning of January, and we didn't really talk about All American Boys too much. We mostly talked about his newest book, um, The Other Talk. Um, and you know, it was interesting. We he he said he was inspired to write this book because um he started out as a teacher so yes he's a writer but he actually started out as a teacher in new york city he was working at a, a high school and also teaching at um, city university of new york and very diverse student body and so he was sort of learning about the experiences of his students and their families and started to hear about something called the talk didn't know too much about it, learned a little bit more in professional development, but it was really when he was touring with Jason Reynolds, his co-writer on All American Boys, that it really became something that he understood on a personal level. And basically, you know, he says, we talk about, you know, talking about racism can be hard, um, but, you know, kids of color, you know, talk, they, they talk about racism with their family all the time. Um, and they have what's called the talk. And I'm not an expert, but basically in a gist, it's this idea that families talk to their um, black families or families of color talk to their their kids about, you know, what's going to happen when you walk out the door. There's a certain reality for you and you need to be aware of that. And this is a conversation that white families don't don't have. Um, and you know, when he was working with his students, he realized that a lot of white families, um, a lot of white kids didn't even know about the talk. They didn't realize the talk even existed. So it's something that sort of sparked his interest. And he thought a lot about his own growing up in Melrose. As Jess mentioned, he grew up in Melrose. And, it, you know, it wasn't something um, that his family talked about at all. He had no idea. And... Um, so it is, so that's what triggered his interest in the newest book, the other talk was sort of looking into this, um, you know, this and sort of, you know, wanting families, white families especially to know that they, um, I, I don't know, they needed to become kind of aware of their own white privilege. So, right. Yeah. It, 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 it should be um, noted, I guess that, um, all American boys, again, the, the two authors, Jason Reynolds and then Brendan as well. Uh, Jason Reynolds is an African-American writer and Brendan's a white writer. So I think, and then the story is about, uh, I think, uh, an African-American and a white student who are friends and there's a police incident. So it's very um, it's very rooted in in stories of today or stories that have happened in the yeah. last couple of years, uh, police brutality and things like that. So just to give folks who may, who may not know the, the book or the story, some, some background. Yeah. So actually they're, they're, they don't know each other actually very well um, at school. And um, so the characters toggle back and forth. Um, mm -hmm. So it's really fascinating. Um, each chapter is in the first person voice of one or the other character. Yeah. And I don't want to give too much of the plot away, but to Tom's point that um, uh, they're, they both experienced this incident um, kind of similar to what Lori mentioned, two very different perspectives um, of what was going on at that moment, obviously, and then also how um, 
both characters kind of processed what was going on. But Jess, I know you you had been proactive in doing some, it's a difficult topic generally of police brutality, but I know you had done some work uh, in Melrose with our new um, police chief, um, Kevin Follier. Can you talk about like what, what those conversations were about or um, are they, is our police department involved and are they aware of the, the conversation or? Yeah. Yeah, so um, the Melrose Ed Foundation reached out to a lot of organizations to to just collaborate and try to promote the opportunity to meet with Brendan and hear directly from him about um, about the work that he does, the important work that he does. Um, and we wanted to make sure that we, um, you know, when you when you look up Brendan's work, uh, especially all American boys, one of the first things that pops up on a Google search is the, the phrase police brutality. Um, so we wanted to make sure that we were uh, collaborating and welcoming our local police um, to that conversation alongside us, um, not having something be about about police brutality, but alongside um, them to have this opportunity to open the conversation. So we um, we met with Chief Fallier last week. Uh, it's so great to have him in Melrose. Um, he hasn't read the book yet, but he was eager to dive into it. Um, like me, he's less of a reader and more of a listener. So totally recommend the audio version of All American Boys. Um, it's a fantastic family listen to if you have a road trip coming up or um, an opportunity to listen as a group. I would say middle school and older, there's definitely um, a little bit of language to be careful mm -hmm. about. And the topic is can be pretty heavy. Um, but certainly middle school and older, um, I recommend to listen. So uh, the chief is uh, hoping to listen to the book. And I know that he's excited to have uh, the school resource officers um, at the middle and high school join in for the assembly um, and then just connect with Brennan and be available for it. So I think importantly, um, you know, when, when these kinds of opportunities to talk about hard things come, come before us, uh, we wanna do that together. Um, and I was really grateful for for him giving us a little bit of time to chat with him and let him know what we were doing and uh, welcome them to the table. Well, I think part of what makes this also extremely unique is that Brendan is from Melrose. He probably has, you know, he has experience growing up here. Um, Lori, before the show started, you you were talking a little bit more about what he divulged um, about his youth. Um, can you tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. And he writes about this in the book. Um, in the new book, um, he said that, you know, growing up, you know, he, you know, he got into trouble, you know, he, I think he used the word hooligan. Um, and, you know, he and his friends, you know, it wasn't anything, you know, super major, but they definitely got into trouble. And he said they would, they would get the weekly newspaper and, you know, we, we print the, the newspaper prints, the police log, they would kind of see it as a point of pride. If they, their names didn't get in there, but if their exploits did, they would sort of like tack it on someone's wall and like highlight it and, you know, sort of laugh about it, whatever. Um, and, you know, so that was his experience, but he didn't really get into trouble. You know, it was one of those, he got, he was doing some things he shouldn't have been doing, but it never really uh, went beyond, you know, a mention in the, in the newspaper, um, which really contrasts, you know, uh, with, you know, what happens to students, uh, kids of color, you know, they get into trouble or even when it's just perceived that they're, they're potentially going to do something, even if they're not, which is what all American boys, it, you know, that fictionalized story mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, looks at. So, so it was interesting. And I think that also played into his wanting to write the book. So, and it can be a life threatening situation for one and not the other. It's, you know, it really comes to, comes to light in the, in the book. Yeah. In the first book. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm and wondering so if, if, if any of the hooligan exploits involved shopping carts back I in the early days of Melrose. <laughs> There seems to be a recurring uh, <laughs> epidemic in this town. <laughs> wayward, wayward shopping carts. <clears throat> I kind of thought that a little bit too. <laughs> yeah, did not mention that specifically when we spoke, but um, I. You should come ask him, Tom. Ask yeah. him. <laughs> oh, I, it's on my calendar, February eighth. I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna bring his shopping cart. You'll, you'll, have, you'll have both audiences that you need. You'll have him, and you'll be able to talk directly to the the police department about this. Yeah, we gotta clean up this, <laughs> this town. Important the shop. issue in our community. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, but, um, um, I really appreciate the work that you guys are doing on the on the Ed Foundation. This is really this is really interesting. Um, I've read, uh, I'm going to pick up both books and try to get, I'm going to try to get through both of them uh, before Feb 8th. Um, I started All American Boys and uh, was riveted. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty, you know, it's a pretty quick, quick and easy read. Uh, the topic isn't, isn't light, but the, the read is easy. So um, yeah. yeah, I was riveted after the first two, like Sam said, the, the juxtaposed points of view was, uh, was, was interesting. Yeah. Well, well also... I was just going to just add add to that that the audio. I I was also listening to the audio book, and the actors who portray both characters are phenomenal. Oh, and so I it's switch over. You, you should switch over. Um, although <laughs> keep track of what track you're on. Okay. Um, Brendan and Jason read their own characters. They do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Book um, apparently the book Oasis. Uh, yeah. Plug independent bookstores when I can. Mm -hmm. uh, the book Oasis and Stoneham is carrying copies. Is that right, Jess? It is right, and they'll be at the um, book signing as well with copies um, yeah. right there for Brendan to sign. Cool. Yeah. I just think it's great when there's a um, like a, a <laughs> fiction opportunity into a topic that's otherwise difficult. You know, because you could read about this in a nonfiction way that's just not going to be as compelling as a well-written story. So it's a good. Yeah entry point into into any topic really but this one in particular that's so that, it's great and and you can target your audience much more directly right so you can write about middle school kids or high school kids by having characters who are that age and then there's a more 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 relatability for those kids well i think i think the kids it was my experience and my impression uh the kids always like to read about like kids that are a little bit older so if you're targeting you know and like you have to you have to shoot like a few years older like the yeah. middle school kids want to read about high school life or whatever or that's the shows they watch or the things they things they do so it's interesting <laughs> these kids are uh these kids are the high school basketball stars oh right no right. well it's well targeted and any book that um my son will listen to with me or read with me um and then we actually have a chance of kind of talking more about it outside of it is a great opportunity um it doesn't yeah. happen that often that he's you know he engages about school stuff willingly um mm -hmm. and excitedly about it but we've been sitting by the fire listening and um it's it's nice to have that and it gives us it, it gives me the excuse to bring up some things that sometimes are hard to bring up otherwise Right, because it feels like you're bringing it up out of the blue, right? Like yeah. there's, you know, it, it's it's difficult. To, like we hear, like we're having this conversation now, 
right? I mean, I could go upstairs to my daughter right now and say, you know, hey, listen, sit down. I want to talk to you about something. That that's that's tough, right. sometimes, you know, to have right. to have the moment or the shared experience or the shared read, um, right. like you said, is is a super helpful tool. And then he talks. I mean, they talk about Gooch Park and Mother's Pizza. So yes. for nice. for us living in Melrose, we can start to put a little bit of a picture to it, which is yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah. And that's in the book. Is the story set in Melrose or is it like a fictionalized no, Melrose? It's fictional one, right? It's Springfield. Yeah. So yeah. Oh my God. Every, oh. every town <laughs> is Springfield. <laughs> yeah. Right. Springfield or, or Fitchburg, you know, whatever. Yeah. Now there's a rough and tumble uh, yes. setting for a setting. Yes, for yes. A, for but a it story. did. It, there were some things in there that had some recall to um, the time when our, cause there was, there's a part in there about a, a a march and a protest and they're going from one location to another anyway it did have some recall to the um our own high school and college yeah. students um organizing our stand up for racial equity yeah. um and um it's captive it, it's so interesting to see again the journey that um the, the white student goes through mm -hmm. to get to that point um and the risks that he takes to get there um, but it, it did really hit close to home. Um, so when we had, and they had, they talk about all the people that were there and, you know, the environment that they, in this book, um, had experienced and how it was different from the one else that we had in Melrose. We had about a thousand people lining up Linfell's Parkway um, with very little resistance uh, from authorities, really. Um, yeah. So it was that that also kind of was, um, I don't know, really, again, it, it gave me some great recall and um, how we also have very passionate youth here um, mm -hmm. focusing on these same topics. So, And we have the opportunity to keep the conversation going. A lot of times people organize and get active right after something happens, mm -hmm. um, even nationally, not necessarily locally. Um, right. And uh, I think this just, you know, maybe maybe we can, through fiction and through this connection to someone with some history um, in our city, um, bring bring up some conversation where we can continue to advance the the work that we're all trying to do. Yeah. So, so Jess, on that point, do you see other opportunities down the road for for the Melrose Ed Foundation to do more to have other events or have other conversations? Would you see? Yeah, something like that happening around town. Yeah, I think so. So we're really interested in funding um, work that happens by our educators or led by our educators in our schools. That's what our grants are for. Um, and we have quite a few um, already. Actually, one of the um, eighth grade teachers is leading some work around um, one of Jason Reynolds books called Stamped. It's in the English curriculum, but it's um, also very uh, historical, um, social studies related. Um, our 10th grade teachers have been funded to do uh, some with a grant to do some work um, around isms and really developing um, their English curriculum to explore some deeper concepts there. So I think we're excited about that. Um, Brendan will spend one day in the schools, but we're hoping that that impact of those conversations um, starts and, and inspires some more opportunity. And then with Parent University, we're always looking for workshop topics and opportunities to engage families and caregivers um, to learn together. So 
during uh, during COVID, we hosted an online um, uh, racial justice workshop series. We oh, we are interested in kind of continuing on with that. Um, so I think you know I think those things are to come. But right now, we're I'm really excited about hopefully um, getting some more grants in our next grant round, which will happen this spring um, from our educators to do some things in the classroom. Awesome. Yeah. yeah Thank you. When I spoke so. with Brendan, you know, he said students want these conversations. So this is great to hear. Um, you know, he said that, you know, if these conversations are usually more difficult for adults to have. Um, there's a sense of uh, responsibility they feel towards being right with what they say and not wanting to say the wrong thing, not wanting to be wrong. And that's something that, you know, he says even he, um, you know, ends up falling prey to. But he said all the students that he's talked to as the, he's traveled around to talk about the book, they are so much <laughs> conversations. They want to have them. Um, and he said that's, you know, that's the kind of courage that we need to teach kids and adults need to learn from as well around these yeah. conversations. So. Yeah, I can't wait to yeah. meet him. I, I, I think yeah, that's a great. I, I think that's a great point. I think too often we're in the kids' way. We think we know and yeah. and have more ability than we do, and I, we should focus sometimes more on just creating the conditions that allow them to do their thing. The, yeah, the, the, you know, the the kids have a lot of skills and capabilities, and you know, they don't. They sometimes they're a little and, guidance, and passion, but, but and passion and commitment to to these issues. Like they're they're the ones that, you know they're living this so. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks for putting this together. Yeah. February eighth, seven p.m. at the high school. Yes, February eighth. All right. We're putting a we're putting a link in there. Um, and on that topic, um, there's always lots of great. Ah, uh, very cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, there's lots of uh, great work happening. <laughs> Melrose. Hi, Peter. Um, Great work happening in Melrose and great events <coughs> that are happening around town all the time. So just a few things that are coming up this week ahead and weekend. Um, you can check out talented Melrose drama students at the M at the middle school Melrose drama cabaret. Um, and then coming up a little bit later, Brooklyn Lake Productions is doing Peter and the Star Catcher February 3rd and 4th at Melrose <laughs> Highlands Congregational. This Friday, you can either adults can make a make your own teacup at this what? new ceramic studio at Failure Art. Yeah. Why and am I just hearing Saturday, about this now? This teacup right? thing. Yeah. It, I yeah. just saw it. it. They just it's like last minute. They just started advertising it today. Um. So I just saw it. And I wait just a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Attention, citizens of Melrose. <laughs> Make Free teacups, basically, is what you're telling me. Well, yeah, you know, then maybe if you don't like if you don't like the way it came out, you can donate it to the bridge. To the bridge, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> someone will love it. Top prize at the, at the at this year's trivia day is going to be <laughs> a floppy a floppy so, cup. I'll, I'll go try to make teacups, and then we'll we'll put together an LTMM mismatched, you know, barely holds water teacup set that will probably donate. Uh, to wait a minute! Wait a minute! I got it. I'm going to make a teacup. I'm going to yep. tell a story about it the next day, yep. and then I'm going to yep. donate it to the bridge. Donate it. I like this. I see it's all coming together. Yes, Tom is right. You can you can do and you can join in community storytelling the next night on Saturday at Follow Your Art with Rilda Kissel and Christopher Robinson. 
Um, you can also, after that, you can go play board games at the Worklery. They're having that's board Friday game night. That's Friday night, I think. I think that's no, Friday I think night. Uh, oh, is it Friday? I think um, it's Friday night. Yeah, you're right, Friday. Um, you can, on the on Saturday on the weekend, you can have baked goods and get your bike tuned up for free at The Loop, the new, uh, the mm. new business, The Loop. And you can make bracelets on this weekend, I think. Um, at the new paper and clay pop-up store that's up now at, at Cedar Park. So lots of cool things and more. You can check all of this out um, at the new Melrose Creative Alliance website, and you can sign up to have all that stuff delivered right to your inbox for free. Jeez Louise, wow. I wouldn't know what's Good. going on without you, Denny. You need a nap. It's good stuff <laughs> going on. That's all like that's we have a lot of cool stuff happening in Melrose. Wow, yeah. it's a great time to be alive in the city of Melrose. I'll tell yes, you that. It is. All right. What's going on? Okay. And you can dance right here and right now. All right. We'll see you at all those events and we'll see you around town. Honey. <laughs> She's getting something. She's getting something. <laughs> 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 I love it. Nice. Getting all my gifts. <laughs>